That's it. That's it. That's it. Y'all know. That's what you already know. You already know. This is Keith Battle Podcast. I'm your host, Keith Battle. Welcome again to another edition of our podcast. And I'm excited to have you all tuned in and listening today. We got a very special guest with us today. Somebody I've been trying to track down for years. No, actually a few (laughs) weeks trying to get him on. Uh, He's a brand new Utah Jazz power forward. Mr. Jeff Green is on the Keep Battle Podcast. Welcome to the podcast, Mr. Yeah. Green. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me, brother. My man, my man. Jeff, I'm so excited. This is an exciting, probably one of the most exciting NBA seasons coming up, or at least as far as the buzz going on with it. I don't know if yeah. you feel the same way. Is it like, is it got y'all, is players amped up to? Well, for me, since, you know, being in this league 10 plus years, you know, the everybody's amped up at the beginning. Uh, me, I'm right now. I'm calm. I'm trying to figure out a way how we, I'm gonna be able to help to pull it together. But there is a a good buzz around. Everybody has a chance to win a championship, but you know my focus on you know uh, you know how to get better. But there definitely is a buzz. It definitely is a buzz. Yeah, especially out west where you are yeah. with a young team, but very talented. Was competitive even before you got there. Mm-hmm. How you feeling about the situation out there in Utah? I love it. I love the the position I'm in, uh, the team that we have, the guys that we have, the organization from top to bottom. Um, you know, it's a first-class organization. They do everything, you know, the right way. Uh, they take care of each other. Uh, it's not a lot of egos. Um, you know, that's what you dream of when you join, you know, organization. And I'm, I'm happy to be a part of the uh, Utah Jazz, and, you know, I'm looking forward to what we have. Nice, nice. Now, Jeff, is that something you can tell right away? Like, as soon as you kind of get on the facility, get 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 on the campus or whatever, or meet with the front office people, is that something you can tell right away? Like, oh, there, this 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 is different, or this exceeds maybe some other organizations I work for and play with. Well, of course, uh, you can tell by the communication factor of you know when you first sign with the team, the communication of you know things they can help with, things they can do for you. As far as, you know, making sure your family's, you know, fine. Because, you know, when you got two kids, you know, your wife, you know, you don't want your wife to be stressed out on trying to do everything. And from day one, Utah have, you know, that the city, the organization, they've been, uh, you know, welcome, welcoming us with open arms, figuring out a way that they can make our life easier with the transition of going to Utah. And, you know, that's what you look for. And that's been like that since day one. I love it. I love it. And I'm happy for you, man. Wishing you all the best this season. Thank Let's you. go back to the young Jeff. Mm. How old were you when you first started playing basketball? That's a tricky question. Do you mean when I took it seriously or when I just started? Well, give me both answers. When you first started and then well, I always I ask guys, when when did you know, like, uh-oh, like I can be – I can do this maybe for a living. Like, 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 so that might be three answers. Yeah, that's all I'm about to say. For me, it's three parts. So I started playing when I was like five. You know, my dad loved the game. He, you know, he watched the game. He knew every player from D.C. So, mm-hmm. you know, he, he knew every player growing up. And, you know, he just took me to the park over in Deanwood and we just play. Mm-hmm. That's why I started. Mm-hmm. I didn't take it serious until like my sophomore or junior year in high school. Wow. Yeah. So as uh, <laughs> uh, my freshman year, I wasn't like, uh, you know, the best student. Okay. Let's just, let's just leave it at that. I got you. You know, and uh, now where were you? 
where, I was where, at Northwestern. You the, did new, your whole, the new building. Northwestern. I got you. Okay. Yeah, that's when it was first built. Mm-hmm. And I, my freshman year, I didn't play. Yeah, for know, those of you who don't know, I'm sorry to interrupt. Northwestern High School is a high school in the Highsville, Maryland area, for yeah. those of you listening. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. It's mm-hmm. in Highsville, Maryland, college, near college, uh, University of Maryland, College Park. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't play my freshman year. I had a little talk with my dad, you know, set me straight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> played my sophomore year. My junior year is when, you know, things kind of click. You know, oh, you know, basketball, you know, can, you know, do things for you and, you know. But I didn't know until like my end of my freshman middle of so- going to middle of sophomore year was like, oh, damn, like I can really take this to the next level and, you know, make a living out of it. And that now, was because of Coach Thompson. Whoa. So I want to come yeah. back to that for a second. So sophomore year, were you, you, so you were playing varsity as a sophomore? Yeah, I played varsity all three years. Okay. Now – where does Coach Thompson come in? Coach Thompson comes in when I first got to Georgetown. So when I was getting recruited by Georgetown, Craig was the Craig Estrick was the head coach. I got mm-hmm. recruited by him and Jaron Jackson to go to Georgetown. Mm-hmm. They got fired of their duties. <clears throat> coach Thompson takes over. I wanted to stay, you know, close to home. I wanted because my favorite school growing up was Maryland. Mm-hmm. You know, Chris Wilcox. Um, you know, Chris Wilcox was my favorite. Mm-hmm. But, you know, uh, Joe Smith, like I saw Joe Smith, you know, Ron Proffitt, like all those guys come through and I'm down the street mm-hmm. closer to Maryland than I am to Georgetown. Mm-hmm. I never went to over in the area of Georgetown because, you know, when you come up in Maryland, you know, you consider that as, you know, the wealthy you know side of, you know, D.C. Yeah. So I never went over there. Yeah. I didn't even know what Georgetown was, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. But I knew of it because, of course, Allen Iverson, Big Pat. Uh, Lonzo, all those guys. So um, I wanted to go to Maryland, but they didn't recruit me. I went to – so Craig recruited me. He lost his job. I already committed. And then when Coach got the job, we had a conversation, and I decided to stay. I wanted to stay. And because of Coach, he helped me develop other assets of my game that I would need on the next level that I didn't know at that point. Being able to dribble, pass, make reads, you know, help your teammates get better. It was because of him that I had to develop those skills. And, you know, eventually I did. But he forced me to be that way uh, because I had to handle the ball and, you know, do a lot of things in the offense that we ran. So so we know Georgetown was one of the schools. Was there any other school that was like, "Mm," like you were really contemplating or was it just? Oh, yeah. Okay. What, what, what was what was a couple of schools or maybe one other school that it came down to? So it came down to my top three was Georgetown, mm-hmm. GW, but that was only because of Kevin Brodus, who was there. Um, and Coach Hobbs was the um, head coach, and Kevin mm-hmm. Brodus, he was the one who recruited me, and in Syracuse. Mm-hmm. I'm a big Carmelo fan. Mm-hmm. So when that was the year that he won the championship. Oh, okay. I knew Troy Weaver from the area who's from D.C. Mm-hmm. And he was at Syracuse at the time mm-hmm. who recruited me to go there. And I was, you know, based off Mello, you know, Maryland guy, you know, obviously Baltimore is way different. But, yeah. you know, um, you know, I watched him that year he had, fell in love with the dude, his game, um, you know, and that made me want to go to Syracuse. But 
I forgot what happened. I didn't get it. So I was supposed to go to the Midnight Madness, but I didn't end up going. And I think it was snow, if I'm correct. That's, and I didn't that's very probable in Syracuse. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and I didn't take the visit there. But I, I went to Georgetown, and I took my visit. And that's when I met our recruiting class of Roy Hibbert, uh, Tyler Crawford, who's like my brother. You know, we became very, very close in that trip. Um, uh, I forgot who else was there. But then, um, you know, that's when, you know, John Wallace came. He came a little bit later. He wasn't on that recruiting visit. And that's when uh, Little Pat came a year after our freshman year. Mm-hmm. And us five, you know, we were just, you know, together everywhere. We created a brotherhood that's still strong to this day. And, you know, that's the reason I went to Georgetown. You know, it's amazing because a lot of people don't know what factors go into making that decision. But yeah. for you, it was kind of relationship driven. It wasn't so yeah, exactly. much. Because I never heard you say, you know, it, it was the prominence of the school or they were going to be playing on TV and any of that. Like that may have played a smaller factor, but it was the connections you had with coaches and people. And I think that's important, important lesson to keep in mind. You know, look, because when you're going to you're going to give your life because you got to give your time and energy and your effort to an organization or to an institution, you want to feel good about the people you're doing it with. So. Yeah, and that's yeah. the background that I, you know, I came up with, you know, as family, you know, the relationships, you know, having a strong connection with our family. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I tried to carry that over to that decision. And and I had a little extra uh, motivation because I wanted to go to Maryland so bad they didn't recruit me. And then I went to Georgetown for that visit. And then my main goal was to make Georgetown the best area school there was. And so, yeah, <laughs> in, my three year, in my three years, it happened. Oh, yeah. Think, no question. You know, I don't know what it is today, uh, but, you know, hopefully that continues. Yeah. Well, they, they're still paying for it. Yeah. You, you know, you said something <laughs> funny a little while ago. You said Melo's from the area, but he's from Baltimore, and that's way different. Mm-hmm. For people that don't know who are listening to us and our audiences across the country and world that may not know what the DMV is and why Baltimore is kind of on it's the outskirts excluded. of that. Yeah. <laughs> let me just explain that to the people. D.C., Maryland, and Virginia – is considered the DMV and it's like a tight knit community. It's like for some reason, Baltimore may be 25 minutes away from us, but it's considered a whole different area. It's not yeah. included in that. So what was life like growing up in a DMV and particularly, did you ever listen to go-go music, which is a strong uh-huh. music genre right here in the DMV? Of course. Of course. They used yeah. to beat my feet when I was younger. <laughs> it was, so no, you, that that's was new a, school, by the way, to beat your yeah, feet. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, you know, you grew up on it, you know, junkyard, backyard, band, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Like it was, it was our culture. You right. Know, it was, it was embedded in us. That was the music we had. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was a, a representation of what we are, you know, that's, that's our wave. Mm-hmm. And, we, and I appreciated it, you know, because it was an outlet for, you know, you know, our youth, you know, our people, you know, to show their creative side. And of course I listened to it. That was, I, li- I do listen to it. I mean, I don't, I don't, I haven't heard it, you know, lately, but every once in a while I would put it on, mm-hmm. but you know, it's only like one, once or twice during the year because you know, that's, you know, that's us. That's what we, you know, grew up on. So I try to, you know, I listen to it, you know, when, um, you know, I think of it, you know, one of my good friends, James Gist, he just posted it on Instagram probably like a week ago. Mm-hmm. You know, and it brought back memories, and you know that's you know that, that shows you know our creative side in on the music side. 
Do you do you? I know sometimes when you're warming up, you got on. Some of you guys wear headphones. What do you do? You do you listen to music while you're warming up, or do you? Or no, I don't listen to it when I'm warm up. No, okay. Because I mean, I, I I really just don't. I don't know why. It's mm-hmm. just like just not my thing. But yeah. it's still in the locker room, of course. I got you. I got you. Now, Jeff, did you play AAU growing up? I did, but it was only for like two tournaments. Really? Because I had to. Yeah, I had to make up for, you know, things that I did in the past in my first couple of years so i had to go to summer school for some oh, summers oh so while people were hooping you were getting them getting, yeah, them, getting was, them books yeah, together i had to you know try to play catch up but that's um, interesting because you know aau such a big thing now they're selling it like crazy yeah now it's ridiculous it's ridiculous yeah now. but I, I mean i played only two tournaments i played with i played one tournament with no, actually three tournaments. So I played one with the Blue Devils, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then DC I played two two tournaments with uh, DC Assault. Right, which are the that big was the first time I've ever been on the plane. Yeah, the two mm-hmm. big names that was uh, you know coming up, you know when I was younger. Mm-hmm. So I went. They took me to. We had a tournament. I want to say it was Texas, and mm-hmm. then in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. I don't know the name of them, but I just remember those. Right, right, and that's right. how I that's how I got the one the the scholarship from from Georgetown. Well, oh, they saw you play at AAU tournament. Yeah, that was wow. the, the one. The one, I think it was Houston. The one tournament, and after that, I had a great tournament. That that tournament, and you know, I mean, I didn't know any players. I was just out there just playing. You just and they allowed me to be free, yeah, and that got me a scholarship. Wow. Yeah. Now, while you were at Northwestern, I know it's taking you back. Who were some hmm. of your rivals on the court during that time? Maybe hmm. somebody, maybe somebody we, that's not a big name that we wouldn't know about, but somebody growing up in the DMV or somebody you played against and you say, man, that's about that dude to hoop. And, and, and maybe nobody in the larger world really knows yeah. this cat, but who would you say or one or two people that you say, man, that dude right there was a problem? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't remember any players. I just remember schools. Okay. So the one school I can think of is Eleanor Roosevelt. That was like the big rivalry mm-hmm. between us. Uh, we played them every year in the playoffs. Every time we played them, it was sold out. Like it was the one rivalry I can remember off top that mm-hmm. was like, "All right, we gotta we gotta beat them." Mm-hmm. My sister went to Roosevelt too, so it was like you know inside inside battle between me and her. But um, then I can remember Parkdale. Yeah, yeah, Crossland. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of guys in my when I was young, they went to prep school. So like KD went to Montrose. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to say James Giss went to Good Council. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like so, it's it's a lot of um, it's a lot of school, prep schools that I didn't get a, get a chance to play. Mm-hmm. But one guy I did play is Falaren Campbell. I can't think of the school he went to, but I knew him growing up. Did you go to Gwen Park. No, he didn't go to Gwen Park. Okay. He, we saw them in the playoffs when we was at the Comcast. I can't think about – I can't think what uh, school he went to. But okay. that was the one guy – he gave us like 30. We still won. Mm-hmm. He gave us like 30, you know. You know, you know he was tough to guard. But yeah. we had a lot of a lot of guys, you know, that was uh, tough. Suitland, mm-hmm. Bobby Mays, mm-hmm. you know, was tough. Call him little AI. Yeah. My guy. Yeah. So, uh, you know um, – we had some some good talent, you know, that was you know from the DMV. Nice, nice, nice. Let's fast forward. It's two thousand seven. 
You're in the green room. Yes. Waiting your name to be called in the NBA draft. Take us into that moment. What was that like? What was going through your mind? Was your heart racing? What are you? What are you? What are you expecting? Well, my, it didn't erase until my name was called. Really? Because now it was like on. Uh, because what? So for me, so it was Greg Oden, mm-hmm. Kevin Durant, and when KD got picked, I knew I was getting picked at five. Okay. Because remember, I got traded for Ray Allen for him to go to Boston. Mm-hmm. So and I went to Utah. I mean. um Seattle. Right. So when KD got picked, that's when they announced the trade that at five Boston's trading that pick to Seattle for Ray Allen. So I already knew I was getting drafted at five. Mm-hmm. So therefore my mindset was already like, oh man, I'm getting drafted. Mm-hmm. But when they said, and at the number five pick, the Boston Celtics select Jeff Green, that's when it was like butterflies. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, it happened. Like, this is this is what you dream of. Right. And, you know, it was it was amazing, man. Like, you know, I still remember it to this day. I remember they tried to interview my mother. She couldn't talk wow. because she was so emotional. Wow. Like, I, like, she just cried the whole, they tried to cover it. Like, she just couldn't hold it in. Like, it, you know, it was emotional time for, you know, my family. Mm-hmm. And it was it was great. I had Coach Thompson at the table. Um, you know, my mom, my dad, my sister, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I had my family at the table with me. So we all got to enjoy that moment together. But I didn't get nervous until they called my name up there and I had to walk up them steps. I was thinking, don't trip. Don't trip. <laughs> Did you have on a big suit, Jeff? I had on a huge suit. <laughs> I had on a huge suit. I got blessed enough. Um, Mike Sweetney, because, you know, you still don't have no money in college. So he, you know, gave me a suit of his. I had a tailor. Only thing new I had on was a tie. Okay. Wow. That's the only thing new I had on. Wow. And I remember the suit being huge. I had a tailor in a little bit. Yeah, because Mike, Mike's a wide. big guy. He's a big guy. Yeah. You know, so I had yeah. to really take it in a little bit. But, you know, I really didn't even care, to be honest with you. I yeah. look back at it now, like, what was I wearing? That's yeah. horrible. Well, you know, that's, that's everybody, right? Yeah, yeah exactly, so exactly. I want to, I want to, in a moment, I want to go to something, because that Supersonics team, which ended up being the Oklahoma City Thunder. Yeah. Well, a lot of people don't, your name may not come up, but I want to talk about that squad in a minute, in a moment. But before we go there, because there's some things people don't even know about how deep that squad was. Because they yeah. talk about the big three names, but that's that's why I was loaded that you were on. But how ironic was it that you went to the same high school as Lynn Bias? Yes, and was picked by the same team. Um, and he died the year you were born. Yeah, he died right? uh, a month and a half before I was born. Before you were born, okay. Yeah, it's, how, it's how, the how whole much? story is is to me because I never got to see him play. Mm-hmm. Obviously, right. I never saw much film. Mm-hmm. And I didn't hear about him until I got to uh, Northwestern. Okay. So I grew up, my grandmother, she lived in um, over at Kentland. Mm-hmm. So it's the same. I went to Columbia uh, Elementary, the same right around the corner from where his mom wow. stayed. Yeah, That's so where he like, lived. I, he lived there exactly, too. I know, yeah. I know that now, mm-hmm. but I didn't know that back then. I mm-hmm. went to the same elementary school, same high school. Wow. And I, I never knew that. Wow. Because I stayed with my grandmother a lot. So I would go to that school, go back, take that walk back. And I never knew. And you didn't you didn't even play with his brother, right? His brother was. No, I didn't play with his brother. Yeah. I didn't play with his brother. No. Wow. No. So like I hear or I saw 
like the person when I got in high school, I think he wore, he wore 34, I wore 32. Okay. And then, I mean, I wanted to go to Maryland. Mm-hmm. It would have been more ironic, you know, so mm-hmm. get drafted by Boston, you know, and it was, I'm, I'm hard. I'm mad that I'd never seen film of him. I hear all these stories about him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just want to see visually, you know, how great this man was because I, I, I hear all the stories, but you know, I want to, you know, take it in myself. Yeah. And there's, there's no doubt he was special. Now, yeah. now when you got drafted by Boston, you said you already knew that you were going to get moved before, yes. before all that went down. Yeah. So you get moved at some point you end up on the supersonics, right? Yeah. And as I mentioned before, that team, Oklahoma City Thunder, wasn't just Russell Westbrook, Kevin Durant, James Harden, but Jeff Green was on that team. Serge Ibaka was on Serge that Ibaka. team. Just run down we the roster. A, Collinson. We had Y'all had Collinson. Earl, Earl Watson was still there. Damian Wilkins. Was Muhammad, was that guy, the, the big... Nazir Muhammad. He yeah. was there after I left. He got there okay. after I left. Uh our big was Eton Thomas. Mm-hmm. Was still there. Mm. Um then they, uh Chris Ditch was there. He was a big who can shoot. Mm. We had a loaded team. And 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 Scott Brooks was the coach. Scott Brooks he became the coach after so this the year two, PJ Carlissimo got fired probably like twenty games in. Okay. And that's when Scotty took over. Mm-hmm. And then the next year is when we won 50 games. So we went from 19, 22, 23 to like 50 games. We won. Wow. Yeah. Now, were you still a part of that team when they went to the finals against Cleveland or had you been moved? No, that was the year. That was the year I had heart surgery, I believe. Okay. And we want so to talk 2012. about that. Well, let's talk about that. By the way, too, that's that's you had a near death you had a near death experience too. Yes, an aortic Very. root aneurysm. Yes, take us back to 2011. Tell us about that experience for you and and how close you came to not only never playing basketball again, but you really? almost we're, we're not we're not going to be alive anymore. Yeah. So I mean, so that was the lockout year. So the season started in December, mm-hmm. second week of December. Mm-hmm. So I signed a, I was on the verge. I signed a one year contract with the Boston Celtics. All right, the season picks up around like the 11th was the first practice. Mm-hmm. No, it was the 10th. The 10th was the first practice. December 10th, I fly up, me and my brother, or I mean, he's like my brother, Willie Jennings, we fly up that morning like a six o'clock six a.m flight i get in i go straight to take my physical i'm laying on the table so they do the stress test where you run on the treadmill you lay back down they examine your heart i do the stress test run i ran for like 12 minutes they put me they get my heart rate to where it's supposed to be i lay down the doctor has a strange look because i always look i'm just curious all the time so i look see what he's looking at and he has this look of curiosity 
He looks again. He says, one second, I'll be right back. I'm going to get a colleague. So he leaves, come back in with another guy. He's looking at it. Then they ask me, have I experienced shortness of breath, tight chest, all that stuff? I'm like, no, no, I'm fine. I just ran, you know, 12, 13 minutes on the treadmill with an incline of like 15 degrees. Like, I mean, I'm fine. I feel fine. I've been working out all summer. Twice a, twice a day. Mm. Said I'm cool. So they said they saw something that, you know, they just want to, you know, make sure is, you know, it's nothing, you know, it could be because of my size. Like, cause a lot of guys who, you know, are tall, they get enlarged, you know, um, enlarged hearts. Mm-hmm. So they wanted to make sure, you know, that's, if that what is the case, that that's the case mm-hmm. to be sure. So the day go by, I couldn't practice that day. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what they do is get a team of, of cardiologists together uh, throughout the nation um, figure out what's going on. Like the, so I had to do media. So every time media, oh, well, you know, just wait on the physical, you know, I still got to take the physical, I had to live. Um, then like the 13th, I had to go meet with a doctor in a Boston hospital. And he tells me, you know, after sitting down with numerous doctors, looking at, you know, the pictures, the video of the way your heart reacts to heavy exercise, we think it's best for you to have this procedure. Mm-hmm. And me, I'm like, are you, are you kidding me? Like, hmm. like, I just work out for nine months straight, not feeling anything probably the best shape of my life. Mm-hmm. I'm 24 years old, 20, 25, 24. Like, what do you mean? Like, I got to have heart surgery? So my first question, am I going to be able to play again? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you can play again, but, you know, it's either you don't have the surgery, you try to play, you run the risk of, you know, something being fatal, mm. or you have the surgery, and, you know, you see how your body reacts and, you know, you take it from there, but you will be able to play again. You just might have to, you know, take some time. So, you know, I lost it. It was, you know, Mm. you know, that's like, it's not like having the ankle surgery or knee surgery of any kind, you know, it's Mm. your heart. Like Mm. the, it was Mm. the worst news I could possibly hear. Mm. Um, So that happens. So they tell me, you know, that, so my agent, at the time, David Falk, mm-hmm. uh, he did his extensive research. He found me the best doctor to do the surgery for this procedure in uh, Cleveland Clinic, Dr. Sars Fenson. Um, so I have a conversation with him. He says, so we have an opening in two weeks. I'm like, nah, brother, <laughs> I got to wait at least the holidays because Christmas is right around the corner. New Year's is right around the corner. I need to go home. Like, I haven't even like. Like, it hasn't even hit me that I have to have heart surgery. Mm. Like, it's, it's brand new. Like, I don't, I still haven't come to grips with it. Yeah. You know? Haven't processed it. Yeah. Mm. So, I fly to Cleveland Clinic, have the meeting. It was an opening January 9th. So, I take that. Um, you know, I went to, went home to D.C. Um, stayed, saved my family, you know, tried to take my mind off it, which I did. Like, cause, I mean, you know me, like I'm, 
very calm and very like relaxed. Mm-hmm. Like, after, after a while, like I came to grips with, all right, you got to do what you got to do. Had a surgery. After it's done, then you proceed to get back on the court. That was my whole mentality. Like mm-hmm. you got to have it. Like all right, suck it up, move on. Had a surgery and get over it. And that was my whole mentality. Like mm-hmm. after like a couple weeks, because you know, it's not like I I don't want to live with the thought of not having a surgery, but also having to men- monitor my my stress level mm-hmm. because you know if you stress out the tissue that's connected to the heart you know it can call it can be fatal mm. so i don't want to have to live with that all you know my whole life of you know not stressing out you know i'm already a calm person but you know anything stress you out you know mm-hmm. it can be fatal so you know i just did the surgery january 9th and now um you know seven years out seven and a half years out it'll be eight you know, coming up. So, you know, uh, and every, everything's been well since then. No problems. Yeah. No problems. Everything's been great. Uh, wow. You know, me just working, man, you know, it's, yeah. uh, to me, it's, you know, it's my, it's my second birthday now. That's how yeah. I view it. You yeah. know, it's, it's a blessing to have, you know, another chance at life, you know, and mm. having doctors, you know, I'm forever grateful to the organization in Boston. Uh, for you know doing their research doing everything they needed to do to make sure you know outside of basketball because me is bigger than basketball like mm-hmm. to make sure me as a human being is going to be all right. right you know they they did everything possible to make sure i was you know good you know and even david stern the commissioner at the time mm-hmm. you know this wonderful commissioner who you know helped me out you know through that whole process by being because i wasn't under contract mm-hmm so for for him to you know allow me to you know be able to be around the Celtics you know to help my mental like that was big time so mm-hmm. it was um you know I'm forever grateful to Boston uh you know David Stern um you know David Falk like you know it was a lot of helping hands into making sure that I was taken care of that's good that's good it's good to see that the league cared about you not just yeah. your talent yeah yeah. Wow. Great, man. That's a powerful story. Hey, recently, Jeff, uh, Dwayne Wade made a public post about his outrage over teams not giving you what he would consider a respectable contract, given your ability, mm-hmm. your attitude, your experience, etc. What did that mean to you coming from a, a this is a future first ballot Hall of Famer? Yeah. And how do you feel about the league overall in light of the last few deals you've got? <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, I'm, you know, thankful. Like, he's a good friend of mine. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, me living in Miami, I, you know, ran into him a lot. We worked out a lot, you know, had set down conversations. Like, he's a really, I didn't ask him to do that. Sure. Like, for him to do that, on, you know, to have that, that back and forth. I don't know if he even responded to people after that, but to, for him to just say that publicly mm-hmm. and knowing what I, what I've done over the last couple of years, you know, in Cleveland going to the finals, you know, having, you know, great games going, you know, um, you know, last year with the Wizards, even though we made the playoffs, I said a good year. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he asked the question that, you know, I've been asking a lot of people have, you know, been wondering, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know the answer for why, mm-hmm. 
I mean, I had a bad year in Orlando. Mm-hmm. I came off an injury. Mm-hmm. I had backed that up, you know, with, you know, being a good counterpart to LeBron James and going to the finals, mm-hmm. you know, having a good, you know, semifinals in Boston, mm-hmm. you know, helping us get there. Mm-hmm. And that's just one game. Mm-hmm. Having a good year in the Wizards, mm-hmm. you know, if we want to speak individually, I think I had a good year compared oh, sure. to, you know, a lot of guys. Mm-hmm. But, you know, people have their opinions, people view a certain way. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I I don't know why. I I don't think I deserve a minimum contract, but, you know, I'm, I'm grateful to still be playing. Mm-hmm. I'm thankful. You know, I, I feel like God always has a, a purpose for everything. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. maybe this is just a bigger door that can open up, you know, playing with a good team, you know, the opportunity that's going to be given. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe it's supposed to work this way. Yeah. You know, who knows? But, you know, my mentality after, you know, hearing the news that, you know, a lot of teams are offering is, you know, is, is okay. Prove them wrong. You know, and it's, yeah. that's like Maryland. Like Maryland yeah, all exactly. over again. Exactly. Motivation. Exactly. I love it. I love exactly. it. So, you know, that's, that's just how it is, you know, and, you know, I'm forever thankful for a legend like D Wade to recognize that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and, you know, and I think it just brought, you know, everybody eyes to it to to ask the question. The only thing, only thing you needed was somebody to just ask the question. Now it's out there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now it's on me to you know showcase why I deserve more, and you know that's what I've been working hard this summer to do. Nice, 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 nice. I gotta ask you this question because I was there when it happened. All right. <laughs> Tell us about that dunk on Yama Hebe at the Capital One Arena when you played for Cleveland, dude. I was when you dunked. So we can talk about when this, you dunked on that dude. This is not. A, I almost got a herniated disc. <laughs> and I'm and I'm and I'm the chaplain for the Wizards, so I ain't supposed to be jumping up for nobody getting dunked on. That joint was scary. <laughs> you ever remind John yeah. about that moment? Do I? <laughs> Because, you know, I, I've had a fair, my fair share of, you know, dunks like that. Right. So yeah. this You be season, dunking off the, off the wrong foot and everything. Wrong day, yeah. Crazy. That's and crazy. I love it. You know, it's, it's, it's uncommon for a right-handed guy to dunk off his right foot. I mean, jump off his right leg and dunk with his left hand like that. You know, right. John John Wall, you know, is probably one of the best yep. to do it. Yep. You know, I can do it. It's mm-hmm. only a few. Yeah. So, you know, of course I bring it up to Jan. Mm, mm, us being mm, teammates mm. a whole year of course we, my, talk, we had my, this my, conversation my. multiple times during the year like it was yeah. just one of those things that was you know the timing the flow of everything I hate that it was in the preseason that's the only thing I hate about it I don't even remember being preseason I just remember being in there yeah it was I'm you, I just threw my back out yeah like, whoa <laughs> you know how people you know how y'all do it on the bench like y'all be yeah. grabbing each other and people just dude I don't know if I dropped popcorn on somebody or whatever. That joint was good. And you know, they wasn't going to show it again because of the home team, right? So yeah, we never saw it yeah, again. But that joint was one for the ages. Because yeah, Jan's, like, Jan's like eight foot six. <laughs> yeah, and that's what makes it better. You know, you duck on somebody who's like seven foot. Like, right. You know, right. that gives it that, you know, that, that extra oomph. You oh, know, like, my God. he just climbed that, climbed that wall of, you know, seven footer. You yeah. know, and that's... That's what made it more powerful, you know. Yeah. But you know, by me extending and doing what I did, mm-hmm. 
of course I had to bring it up. That was one of the first things when I first got there. I was like, I just looked at him. He knew what I was talking about. <laughs> that's how I was. You know, but that, that's my guy, though. We, we became great friends throughout the year. Like, we, he's coming down to the house uh, in a couple of weeks. You know, that's my guy. But, of course, every time I see him, is you know, you got to react. You know, you got to do it again, play it over again. Yeah. You know, even if I ain't got a ball, just, you know, go up to him, see if you get scared. That's, that's how it is. I, I don't but, remember you doing flexing on him or nothing after that. Nah, you just kind of walk know, away. I'm, I'm not that type of guy. Yeah. Like, I feel like, you know, let let the, the dunk speak for itself. I don't right. need to flex and do all that other stuff. <laughs> you know, everybody know what I just did. Yeah. And, you yeah. know, it was, it, was, it was one of my best ones, mm-hmm. you know. So, you know, hopefully I can, you know, do it again this year. You know, if, you know, somebody else, you know, we'll see. But, you know, that was one of my best ones. But, of course, he gets reminded of it a lot. I love it. I love it. I love it. Listen, we're almost done, man. We're coming to the end. Take I want to go back to that Oklahoma City Thunder team just because there's one thing I want to ask you about that. Mm-hmm. What do you think would have happened if that team had stayed together? Do you do you ever think think about that? What would have, what it could have been? And I know you Oh, yeah. For, no, I'm, I'm not even going to be back. Like, I feel like if we would have all stayed together, you know, regardless of role of anything, just accepting that this is our team, this is the talent that we have, we would have definitely won the championship. Mm-hmm. Like, without a doubt. We had every single piece that's needed to win the championship. We had a bench. Mm-hmm. We had bigs. We had bona fide scores mm-hmm. that could do it in every single way. We mm-hmm. have role guys who can, you know, pick up the pieces when, you know, need to be. We had defensive guys. Mm-hmm. We had everything. Yeah. We had everything. You know, yeah. we were young. We were hungry. Mm-hmm. We wanted it. You know, and that's that's what it, you know what it's all about. Mm-hmm. Like, I think if we all stayed together, you know, we would have won a championship. But you know, it is a business, and I was one of the first pieces to you know to fall from that that puzzle of uh, you know what they had. And yeah. I wish we could all stay together. I'm not still close with you know those guys. You know, Russell, he was at my wedding. You know, KD, that's my, I mean, we grew up, you know, that's, that's home. Like, yeah. That's my brother. Yeah. You know, James, still talk to him to this day. Serge, you know, mm-hmm. Nick, you know, everybody. Like, we still close. So, you know, the, as hungry as we were, as passionate we was, as, you know, helping the next man, you know, wanting to win, we definitely would want a championship, without yeah. a doubt. Yeah. I want to applaud you too, man. You know, in spite of making millions of dollars in the NBA, you still continue to go to school in the summer. And completed yeah. your college education, and yeah. maybe, maybe you know how you see, you know, there's, there's a scripture that says all things work together for good. So yeah. now you were trained to go to summer school back when you should have been playing AAU yeah. when you were kids. So you summer school ain't nothing for you anyway, right? Yeah, and I didn't think of that till you just said it. Yeah, right? man, you owe me for that. You owe me for yeah, you owe exactly. me for that one, and you owe me for throwing my back out on that. Yeah. <laughs> but um, nah, yeah, congratulations right. on that. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, that was a, a long, long five summers. I think it was four or five. So I left in seven. So five summers, long five summers. Yeah, of taking five five classes a summer, sitting literally sitting in. A lot of people think like like I didn't go to class. Mm-hmm. I went to class five days a week, mm-hmm. two hours of class mm. each day. Mm-hmm. And you know Georgetown like it's lectures, long lectures, two mm-hmm. hours a day. Mm-hmm. So I would wake up around six thirty. Go lift, have class at like 10, mm-hmm. 10 to 12, mm-hmm. go to lunch, have another class from like 2 to 4, then work out. That was my day every single day for five summers. So why? Why'd you do it? To be honest, it's not you, a reason. You didn't, 
you because you really you you know you got a great job you know what i mean yeah so what i'll was, be honest what, with you I, I, it was no specific reason okay like nothing really like oh man i need to do this. nothing really motivated like it was just something i wanted to do okay you wanted to, to be honest with you i don't yeah i don't know i don't i think i may be the first one in my family to graduate college but it wasn't like that was my reason i got you i just wanted to finish i think for me and this is to take back what i said to take you back to what i said about the guys who i came in with you know john wallace tyler crawford patrick ewan roy hibbert they all graduated so i'm the lone ranger i went to that graduation uh, i was I there you. senior week mm -hmm. so like for me going to seattle when they're seniors talking to them every day you know that was damn they graduating mm -hmm. i'm the only one like because it's a picture i never forget john wallace family has it it's a picture of tyler john roy john's family pat and i'm in the back Mm -hmm. Like not like in the back, like you can't see me, but I'm like standing on the curb, mm -hmm. like standing on the in the back. Mm -hmm. Everybody has their college hats on, their their gowns, and mm -hmm. I'm in the back in the white polo, mm -hmm. and that picture stands out to me. It's like and he didn't do it, you know. Yeah, and for me, that's what I said, I you know. Did. And like for me, I was like, man, I should, man, I'm just going graduate. I did three years, mm -hmm. you know. Like I didn't. I mean, I'll be honest with you, I didn't finish out as strong on my third year when I knew I was going to the draft. Of course. So, you know. Like 20 years old. Of course. Yeah. Let me, yeah. Let me just, you know, finish. Hoop. Let me hoop. You know, I'm, I'm from <laughs> D.C. Yeah, and I'm from D.C. I go home. So why not just, you know, I'm going, of course I'm going to Georgetown every day to work out. Right. Why Which not just convenient. go to a class? Yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. Why, not, why not just go to a class? Yeah. I right, see. I, and plus, you know, my academic advisor was on me. Jeff, just finish. Yeah. Just finish, Lisa. Saying, just finish. Yeah. All right, Great. let's finish. All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna I do love it. it right, here we go. So you know that was that. It wasn't like a big motivation. I just had to. For me, I was like, I got to do it. Like my guys did it. I came in with. I'm gonna finish. So and I did twenty, and it helped because the surgery, you know, was like a blessing in disguise. It gave me more time mm -hmm. to finish. Mm -hmm. uh, so you know, I used my time wisely, and I got it done. You know, shout awesome. out to all the professor at Georgetown, Father Kemp, my guy. Yeah. You know, so, make you know, sure, we'll make sure yeah. we send this, send this to Father Kemp. I know, yeah, he, I know he listens, I know he listens to the Keith Battles podcast, for sure. Uh, of course, of course. Father Kemp you know. is on here. Yeah. Shout <laughs> exactly. out to Father Kemp. Speaking of Father Kemp, segue into your pregame ritual. The way I know you, Jeff, is not from the basketball court necessarily. I know you as an NBA chaplain. Over the six years that I've been doing chapel, no matter what team you're on, I've always seen you in yeah. chapel pregame. Yeah. Can you talk about why that's important? Because, you know, most guys are stretching, warming up, getting treatment, getting their mind right for a game. Why would you take 15, 20, 25 minutes, whatever, and yeah. go to a chapel before a basketball game? Well, for me, with our schedule, we have crazy schedules. Mm -hmm. We're traveling. I mean, to have a strict routine of church for us on a Sunday or whatever day it is to go it's hard mm -hmm. and for us as we travel why can't we take out 15 to 20 minutes five minutes before a game you know to give our time our our focus 
you know, to the word, you know? Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. for me is, you know, that's in itself, you know, my, you know, my, that's where I get my calmness from, you know, Mm -hmm. hearing the word, hearing like where it all come from, you know, Mm -hmm. the background, Mm -hmm. how it can help me in my everyday life. Yeah. And, you know, we have great passes throughout the league, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, you know, each team, we have somebody great, you know, Mm -hmm. to spread the word. Mm -hmm. And for me, I think, you know, I'm big and big on faith. You know, if you look at my chest, that scar down my down my chest right. is, you know, faith in sight right there. Mm-hmm. You know, what you see, that's me giving myself to the Lord is saying, you know, I trust in your path. I trust in what you're you're trying to do for my life. He gave me the calmness to go into walk into that emergency room, lay down without, you know, a, a jitter in my my body. Mm to be like, all right, here I am, let's do this, mm-hmm. you know? And, you know, for me, I think it's easy to, you know, walk into a cha- chapel before games and to get my time. I mean, obviously people have their own rituals of what they do before a game, but that's mine. And, yeah. you know, I, I like to keep my faith strong to keep, you know, the work, because everybody goes through something and, you know, you never know that that sermon that you give, that somebody gives, can be that voice of reasoning for what you're going through, how to yeah. get through it, you know, and that's why I go. Yeah, that's good. And, man. You know, it's something that I've been doing now for the, you know, my whole career, mm-hmm. you know, giving my time to just go and sit in the room with, you know, my, my fellow brothers and, you know, you know, preach that word. And, you know, I, I enjoy it. I always enjoy it. Yeah. So, you know, that's good, man. That's good. I had two more questions before I go to rapid fire. I'm going to do a rapid fire with you. <laughs> how do you stay in physical shape? Throughout the year, year in and year out, what what do you what are the things you do? Well, for me, it's a fourth, it's a year of job. Like it doesn't stop for me. I mean, it's most time I take off is two weeks. That's after the season. I take mm-hmm. two weeks and then it's back to either lifting weights or doing what I what I do. I try to do a different thing each summer. Like this summer is boxing, mm-hmm. box cycling. Mm-hmm. You know, is you know yoga, uh, Pilates. Mm-hmm. You know, it's different things. Mm-hmm. I mean, to stay in shape, I just, you know, you know, my wife is in great shape. Mm-hmm. So I can't be coming around all, you know, yeah. no sit. You know, I, I got to look good for a wife. You know, yeah. that's my motivation right there. Right. Know, I got kids, you know, now, uh, you know, they. I'm their Superman. Mm-hmm. Or, or in my oldest, you know, the Iron Man, because I have an Iron Man uh, statue. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she said, that's daddy. Yeah, that's daddy right there. That's, mm-hmm. that's, that's, your, um, that's me. So yeah. I, you know. That's my motivation to get up every day. You know, now it's six days a week now for me, twice a day. Twice a day. You know, twice a day. It's easy. Like, and when are you? What are your I times? Like, you said I know because before we before we met today on this podcast, you had a workout. Yeah. So yeah. that's your so first I, one, and then no, you do second, one. I'm already done for the day. Yeah, so I'm already two done. In, you do two before in the earlier part of the day. Yeah, I'm I'm up at seven o'clock. Every day, obviously, because my my daughters they get up at seven every mm-hmm. day mm-hmm. at seven o'clock. Mm-hmm. I work out basketball at nine nine to about ten twenty, and I have weights from eleven to like eleven fifteen. Twelve. And I'm done. Twelve fifteen. Twelve fifteen. Yeah. I'm sorry. Wow. And I'm 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 done. You know. Mm-hmm. And now I had the whole day to you know, if I want to do an extra workout later, you know, and do that. If I want to run, I have you know I have time. I'm always an early bird, so. I got you. What plans and dreams do you have after you stop playing in the NBA? 
Uh, I haven't decided whether or not I want to stay in the NBA as far mm-hmm. as, like, scouting front office. You know, I love basketball. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't think I can coach because of the way, you know, AAU and all this stuff is now. Mm-hmm. But, you know, my dream is to, you know, just I want to be a great father. Good. You know, I Good. have, you know, great role models in my life. My dad was a great dad, you know, mm-hmm. being there for everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I've seen great role models. My goal is to do everything possible for my for my girls. Uh, you know, great husband. Um, you know, provide for, keep provided for them. You know, keep that work ethic in any route I take. So that's my goal. Great yeah. man, that's a great one. Great one. All right, man. Here we go. Rapid fire. I'm gonna say right. something. You give me first thing come to mind. You ready? Yeah. Jordan or LeBron, and Jordan. why? Oh, uh, <laughs> I mean. For me, Jordan is, you know, he just scoring. I mean, he has six. Yeah. I love LeBron. That's that's the that's my brother. Yeah, like, I got you. That's that's like my my brother. So, you know, <laughs> but you know, I grew up, you know, obviously Jordan. Yeah, he's and I'm under the brand, you know. I mean, you know, this is an economic answer. I got you. I got you. <laughs> I know the answer to this, but I'm, I'm gonna ask you anyway. Uh, would you rather dunk on somebody or cross somebody up and make them fall? Oh, that's easy. You already know that. Yeah, that's yeah, not easy. I'm yeah. not a. Um, I don't dribble the ball too much. I got you. I got you. You made somebody fall this year though, because didn't you make somebody fall after uh, uh, Stevenson stepped on your foot or something? Something no. happened this year. Well, he stepped year. on my foot. I'm I remember he stepped that. on you. He, he clearly yeah. stepped on your foot. But yeah. somebody, I thought you got somebody back, or I don't remember. But anyway, oh no, I dunked on somebody the next game. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah it was yeah. the next game I dunked. Like on, on a fast break, was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. Favorite dessert? Apple pie. Apple pie. Favorite rapper? Kendrick Lamar. Nice. Favorite TV show growing up? Fresh Prince. Well, that's hard. Fresh Prince and Martin. Okay, like, that was my. Too. Like I still watch those re- reruns today. Yeah, he's from the DMV too, by the way, y'all. Martin. Yeah, of course. You know, Martin. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Your first crush was on my first, like when I was young, young. Yeah. See, I knew you was going to get tongue tied. <laughs> <laughs> you had to explain this to your wife. Your first nah, crush that, was that's on. That's what I'm saying. Like it was young, young. Uh, my first crush. Uh. It's funny too because she's gonna hear it and say, "I didn't even know you felt that way about me, Jeff." Nah, it wasn't even somebody my age. Okay. Yeah, oh, it was, it was uh, somebody on TV. Yeah, Lisa Bonet. Yeah. Nah, it was it Felicia Rashad? Is that her name? Oh, you was going for the mother. You really going? Yeah, I was someone yeah, the daughter. Man, I watched, you watched the watch the Cosby's. And, yeah, you know, I she was beautiful. Daughter. She was gorgeous. She yeah, was. I know that's that was the daughter. Yeah, yeah. she's still beautiful. Oh, I saw sure. her in Creed too. She's gorgeous. She yeah. looked the same. Yeah, so, for yeah. sure. I got you. <laughs> How old were you when you completed your first dunk on a regulation court? Was t- I was tenth grade? What's that? About fifteen. Fifteen, yeah, yeah, yeah. one-handed at the uh, No Brickwood Rec Center. Wow, you remember the moment, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. God, I never forget that one. Favorite cereal growing up? Smacks. Love them joints, the Honey Smacks. Yeah, man. man, what the them thing? joints, man? To this day. <laughs> And then you get the day. milk, you get the sugar and the milk. Oh, my goodness, you got to drink the milk and then pour some more in it, man, for sure. Man, nobody know about those, really. Nah, that must be it. I don't know if it's a DMV thing. I'm, I'm a honey smacks dude. Yes. Um, 
favorite summer league spots? Either to like go, to play, right? Well, just to go play. What are some of your favorite spots? Because you've been at this thing for a long time. Yeah, I mean, I. I played a lot of summer league. Obviously, Kennedy League at Georgetown was obviously a big one because okay. that's back when I played. That's when a lot of pros was coming through. Mm-hmm. Like my first year, I played with Sam Cassell, Gilbert Arenas, Brendan Haywood, Junkyard Dog. Mm. Uh, you know, all the was Antoine Jameson, Steve Francis. Steve Francis was a he was sick, monster. wasn't he? He was, was a he monster. Sick? That was one. I think that was one of the first games I played in the Kennedy League. He played. I was like, man, this yeah, he, dude, and he from he from home, so it's like, man, this yeah, he, so dude he, just dunking everything yeah. and just athletic, you know. But Ken, you know, Kenner League, I got to keep that in mind. Yeah. Kenner League, yeah. Top three coaches you've had and why? Brought your life. Obviously, number one is uh is Coach Thompson, JT, you know, because he helped he helped me develop uh, everything that I have. He's with it's the start, Wizards now. Yeah, is what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, Doc Rivers, because he pushed me to the limits to you know be the best best version of me. Mm-hmm. And Scotty Brooks. Nice, nice. Favorite movie of all time? The Wood. Mm. I gotta look that. You one seen up. that before? You know? No, you I don't know, even know what it is. Never seen that, that up. with the three with the three brother, uh, three friends from L.A. No, I'm looking. And up. it shows them growing up. You know, Slim. Um, that's why you. That's why you use Slim when you text people. Slim, a, <laughs> nah, slim a nickname or something? In the, or Slim no, as a character right. you, in the movie? You just say that from around the way. Like, what up, Slim? Oh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you that. know, so, you know, so I, you know I, my dad said, say it, I, you know, it's just in the mind. <laughs> How long would you like to play in the NBA? Until I can't no more. I love it. Do you watch the Big Three? And would you consider playing in it when you're done in the NBA? If I don't have a... A front office job, I would I would play. Okay, I still watch it. I know Joe Johnson's out there killing. He belongs in the NBA instead of where he's playing. Yeah, uh, Nate's been killing. So you know, I still keep up with those guys. All right, what game in your career at any stage comes to mind when you think about a game when you couldn't miss? Like y'all cannot stop me this game. Like a game where you when just felt was, like you was unguardable. When I was in Boston, mm-hmm. we played against. The, the Heatles, LeBron, D-Wade, mm-hmm. Chris Bosh, and I have 42. Wow. Yeah. Final and we point. had no KG. You was giving them the, the business. Yeah, I couldn't miss that game. I missed, like, my first two shots, and then after that, it was... Lights out. Yeah. Yeah. Final question. Top five NBA chaplains. <laughs> I just, <laughs> just want to see if I can make the NBA All-Star chaplain. Number team. one. Past the battle. <laughs> Your check's in the mail, buddy. <laughs> man, I appreciate it, man. Thanks a million for being man. on the Keep Battle Podcast today, man. I really appreciate you. I told you I was going to do it. I, you know, you did, you know, man. The time was a little off sometimes. It's all I, good. And I always wasn't by the computer at times. Yeah, but we, you we upgraded. We upgraded. Yeah, we got, yeah, our, we got, we got our it done. Together. We Let our done. listeners know how they can keep up with you or any things you got going on. How can they follow you, keep up with you? Well, I'm on, only thing I use on social media is, you know, Instagram. That's Uncle Jeff Green. But I'm very, very low-key on it, I would mm-hmm. say. only thing I post is, like, my family and shoes and music. Okay. But, you know, other than that, you just got to watch it when I play. My man, my man. <laughs> you anything, talk jazz, baby, this year. 
anything coming up? No camps or anything coming up? Any projects you want people to be looking out for? Nah, I just want y'all to look out for this season because I feel like this season going to be a great year. What number you wearing? And I'm wearing 22. I'm going back to my rookie year. 22 in Utah. Yeah. My yeah. man. I'm, hey, I'm, com- I'm coming somewhere to see you play. I'm going to touch you. I'm not hey, not you know, just when you come to DC. I'm gonna come out there somewhere. Well, you so know where I'm at. Yeah, text, sure. text me. I'm always yep. I'm always on the phone. So you know, hit me up, my man. Hey y'all, that was Jeff Green. He's a Utah Jazz now. Power forward, my man. Great guy. Great family. This is a great podcast. Thanks again for tuning in this week. We'll catch you right back here next week on the Keep Battle Podcast.